I've learned quite a bit about society and my brothers and sisters that live around me over the last 23 years. First, we had 9-11 and the Patriot Act that followed. Watching how people responded to the loss of their rights and freedoms in order to gain a little bit of security. And then in 2020, during a pandemic, where people had businesses that were shut down, places that they could not enter without a card, I watched who was vocal and who was silent. And now I'm watching Donald Trump go to trial, and he has been gagged in two of his five trials. When I heard about the first gag order, I can't say that I really flinched. Today, though, after I read about yesterday's second, I paused and I began to reflect and think about the inability to speak and defend yourself in public while your ongoing trial is happening. It strikes me as a severe deficit against the First Amendment. Now, I understand the gag orders from the bench about direct trial evidence, and I understand that this is about his thoughts on the legal system being weaponized, and they're using this language as a presumption that his speech comes from a former position of power and that it could be used to incite violence against those that he's speaking about. However, I'm concerned that the legal system is being weaponized. I'm concerned that we are now guilty until proven innocent. I'm concerned the legal system can dictate you lose your constitutional protections once you're indicted. This seems dangerous. It seems like a confirmation of a weaponized legal system. So sit back, grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever it is that you're into. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. You don't know what they sacrificed. We have lost touch with the principles in the Constitution. Nobody's read the Declaration of Independence. You are voting for socialism, and you got what you voted for. Welcome, bold Americans, to another episode of America Emboldened. I'm your host, Greg Bolden, here on the America Out Loud Network. Well, bold Americans, make sure that you're going over to the americaoutloud.news page where you can check out all of my colleagues' work, as well as my back catalog of over 300 episodes on the America Out Loud network that you can go and listen to. I'm proud of every single one of them. So if this is the first time you're listening to the show, or maybe this is the 50th show, you have an entire catalog of evergreen material at times that it's not going to matter what was going on politically. It's just some great interviews for you to check out. You can also download the America Out Loud talk radio app 24 7 365 days out of the year you have radio shows right here on the network as well as you can access the podcast directly through that it's on your favorite app stores depending on what type of device that you use all right it is Wednesday and uh yeah I could get into Israel Hamas a little bit more maybe I'll get into that second half of the show But for now, I wanted to talk about why is it I wasn't having a more visceral response to the gag order of Donald Trump when the first gag order came out. 
why did it take a second gag order for me to sit up and go, wait a minute, something doesn't feel right here. So I, I reached out to my legal friends because I wanted to know if there was any precedence for how a gag order could go against the First Amendment. And a number of people that I know that have studied uh, constitutional law, as well as went on to become lawyers, told me that gag orders were not a focus in their studies uh, at their various schools. So it doesn't seem that many people would even be skilled in order to speak on this very topic. Looking at some historical data, about gag orders, gag orders need to be extremely limited in order to be constitutional. And it seems like Donald Trump could appeal the gag order and possibly win because he could take this and continue to escalate it all the way up to the Supreme Court. And they would have to be able to uh, dictate whether or not they believe that his constitutional speech is being violated by making some type of threat, because that's where the Constitution would not defend your right to free speech. So that's going to get interesting. Now, where did this all start? Well, you heard me talk about 9-11, and I'm kind of wondering about our civil liberties. I think we're in a completely different place in 2023 than we were in 2001. After the towers came down, people were willing to sacrifice their rights and their freedoms because they didn't want to ever have another terrorist attack. And as I said a few days ago, you had Tom Ridge out there with all the different threat levels saying, oh no, we got this threat level now. We got to be careful. Uh, there could be an attack this week here in America. And everybody was freaking out. Take away our rights. Give us more patriotic acts here. Go ahead. Search and seizure. Just go and search my stuff. I have nothing to worry about. I mean, these were literally the words of a uh, relative of mine. He said, uh, well, I don't care if they come to my house. They can search my home. I haven't done anything wrong. Well, you may not be feeling that way if you believe that the justice system could be weaponized against you. And for some Americans, that is exactly just what they believe had happened. Now, in 2015, there was a shift in polls where just over half of people were willing to surrender their civil rights and freedom to combat terrorism. And that number continues to hold pretty steady. So we went from about 75% to just over 50% of people, which to me is 50% too many. A decade after the September 11th attacks, uh, Americans, when they were polled, agreed that the government was doing a good job protecting most rights, including those defined by the Bill of Rights. However, over the last 10 years, the public's faith in government's ability to safeguard the rights and liberties has now faded, with one of the steepest declines is on the right to vote. Back in 2011, 84% thought the government was doing a good job protecting the right to vote, and only 43% say that in present day. And 54% of people now in present day say it's necessary to surrender some rights and freedoms to fight terrorism. And 44% say they don't think it's ever necessary to give up any of these civil liberties. These numbers seem to line up with the COVID pandemic. You saw the people that were willing to give up their rights and their freedoms in order to have this collective good of not spreading the virus, even though the facts were not all known at that point in time. So Democrats 
often see the government as doing a very good job at protecting various rights and freedoms, while Republicans are more inclined to say that they're doing a poor job. Is this the divide that we see? Is it really not about Republicans and Democrats? Is it really all about liberties and freedoms? Because if that's the case, perhaps there's a lot more libertarians out there than what we might have been led to believe uh, over the past couple decades. Maybe people are coming around to this. After 9-11, Americans began to sacrifice their freedoms. They have uh, more people during that point in time uh, that were losing basic uh, constitutional rights and no one batted an eye about it. The Fifth Amendment, it said that you had the right to a grand jury indictment and it could be suspended in certain circumstances. There's no clause anywhere in the Fourth Amendment in parts of the Fifth Amendment or the Sixth Amendment that lets an administration say, if we designate somebody as an enemy combatant, we can hold that person forever. Show me where that is in the Constitution. But yet, the Bush administration and under John Ashcroft, the Justice Department, they took the position that a president had the authority to suspend the Fourth, Fifth, and Sixth Amendments should they feel that you were an enemy of the state. Now, we can go back to what constitutional scholars, one of the framers, as they say, are the founding fathers, right? And we have the Federalist Papers. They wanted a limited government. They had a distrust of executive power. However, we've given more and more power to the executive branch through executive orders. The framers wanted to make sure that before anyone was ever arrested, they were brought before a magistrate. They wanted to make sure there would be a grand jury indictment before anybody was ever held. And September 11th took that away. They could just imprison you and make you wait indefinitely for a trial, but you have a right in your constitution to a speedy trial. But they took that away from individuals. And now I see Donald Trump. What does this all have to do in 2023 with Donald Trump being put on trial in all of these cases? Well, if you listen to the show, you know that I am not a Donald Trump apologist. And maybe, you know, that's to a fault too. People would like me to be an apologist for Donald Trump. I'm not. I don't feel that the man is perfect. I believe being in real estate for as long as he's been in real estate, that likely he has lied and cheated and stolen in order to get to where he is. I have no qualms about making that statement to people. I also don't feel like he was a bad president whatsoever. My wallet was doing extremely well. People seem to just not like how he spoke about other individuals. I haven't seen that smoking gun evidence at this point in time that would anger me and be like, I don't want this guy to ever be able to run for president again because he did X, Y, or Z. I haven't seen that. There's people like, oh, he took uh, confidential information. Okay. He took confidential information. Show me a president who has not done that. Well, he lied about it and didn't give it back. Okay. How about those presidents that they never caught that still have the confidential information? You know what Donald Trump saw that he's kept a secret all this time? The JFK files. Now, apparently he told Judge Napolitano that right before he left office, he said he saw it. And he said to Judge Napolitano, 
if you had seen what was in that document, you wouldn't release it either. And Judge Napolitano was apparently saying, well, you promised the American public if you became president, you were going to release it. He's like, I can't. I can't do it. Have you ever seen Donald Trump go and give a press conference about what's in that file that he can't release to individuals? Has Donald Trump ever publicly started giving these statements where it's really endangering our country, talking about our nuclear secrets or our our military uh, abilities? Now, if he does ever do that, I will be the first person to get onto this microphone, first person to post on my social medias that Donald Trump should be tried because he is a threat to America. I don't believe that to be the case. He may be a criminal in his real estate dealings. He may have broken laws, but when it comes to the way he did his job as president, uh, no, I'm sorry. There's not a smoking gun that's glaring, which leads me to these trials. He's currently indicted under 91 counts. And in the uh, judge's orders, they're upset that Donald Trump is going to the cameras and stating that it's a corrupt case. And they're saying that this is lies. Shouldn't Donald Trump be able to say it's a corrupt case? Can somebody tell me how that is inflammatory towards the AGs that are currently trying to get him behind bars? Or how the people that are working the court case, his comments, saying it's a, it's a sham trial? That's his First Amendment right. Why shouldn't he be able to say that? He hasn't called for violence against any of these people. If he did, I would be the first person to say, whoa, 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 went way too far. Yep, definitely need a gag order on that. But that's not the case right now. We have an attorney general, Letitia James, who went out in front of people yesterday, October 17th, and she said, victory will be mine. That's right. And it was among, that was her final words. And she said it with a smile and a wink at the camera at the very end. I'm sorry, but attorney generals should not be weaponized in a way that they hate somebody so much that it becomes their personal vendetta in order to get somebody behind bars. It should be the facts of the case are so strong that when it's brought behind a uh, closed doors of a courtroom and a jury hears it, that the jury will elect to find that person guilty. And Letitia James going out in front of the cameras, this was a bad look, a very bad look for this. She also said that Trump is trying to distract from the trial, saying he'll probably be back again and again, but at the end of the day, justice will be served, and I'm confident victory will be mine. Yeah, you know why Trump is going to continue to go out there every single day? Because this guy is currently fighting for his life. In this country where Nancy Pelosi says you're guilty until proven innocent, which is backwards, we're supposed to be innocent until proven guilty, I believe that maybe Nancy Pelosi was actually signaling to us what the truth of the matter really was for Donald Trump, that he is guilty until proven innocent. And if that's the case, he should have his rights to be able to call out that he feels unfairly attacked. Now, these are narrow gag orders at this point in time. The reason why they're narrow gag orders is because the Supreme Court has previously ruled that a gag order is only constitutional if it's at least is as least restrictive, sorry, trouble getting that one out there, as possible. And it needs to be effective. Apparently, any court, though, can scrutinize any gag order under the right of free expression. 
and it will apply a heavy presumption against its constitutional validity as with any prior restraint, according to Wex Law and Cornell. So it is very possible that as Donald Trump appeals this narrow gag order, the second one that bars him from making statements attacking prosecutors, potential witnesses, and court staff in this election interference case, it's very possible that this thing is going to delay the court case for months, and maybe that is the end game. Maybe that's that's the play that the Trump lawyers are going to use in order to get him to the president's chair. Because I'm telling you, there's no other Republicans right now that are going to be taking over Donald Trump's seat. And with the current state of affairs in this world, I believe that Donald Trump will be the next president of the United States, barring something really crazy. Now, what really crazy could happen that could change the entire powers? Well, I'm going to be uh, one of the people to say something that I shouldn't say on the podcast, but I'm going to go there because in the second half of the show, I told you, we'll cover Israel again because there's some stories from yesterday that we need to get into. But before I get into uh, what what scares me about Israel and how it relates to Donald Trump and the presidency and everything else, I just want to give one final thought here on this gag order. If you believe that the government might be weaponized against you, wouldn't you want the ability to speak your mind? And wouldn't that confirm to you that it really has been weaponized against you if all of a sudden you can't say what you want to say? I'm just leaving that as a question for all of you. If there's federal agencies out there that are making false claims under official cover for an express purpose now of obtaining some type of political or electoral outcome, that seems like a very straightforward example of weaponizing government. And that has been alleged already by Jack Smith, right? We see that in what's coming against Donald Trump, but we also see that in the reverse. We see that with, uh, I guess with Donald Trump, it was to replace Biden electors with, with Trump's. But I think what you're going to find out is both sides are playing this game. You're going to find out that both sides would like to get the electoral college votes, no matter what, by any means necessary. And so Donald Trump calls it a sham investigation. I don't know if it's necessarily a sham, but I would say that we should be annoyed that almost all these politicians, they're all receiving funds from different sources. They're all corrupt. Donald Trump himself. When people tell me Donald Trump isn't a politician, Oh, baloney. Donald Trump's been a politician for a long time. Remember we went on Oprah back when he was like in his 40s? And he's like, I'd make a good president, Oprah, let me tell you. He was pol politicking all the way back then. Now, as Donald Trump fights this battle, I believe people should speak up and say, we need to protect the First Amendment. That the government doesn't get to tell you what you can and cannot say and support Donald Trump's ability to say whatever he wants to as long as as it's not direct threats, as long as it's simply, this is the way that I see things, and he's sharing his opinion of things. I think it's important. If you don't believe that, I don't believe that you support the First Amendment at that point in time. Now, Joe Biden's getting ready to do something, what I think is the stupidest thing he's done in the history of his presidency. He plans to head to the Middle East to basically meet with Israel, 
and go into a war zone to talk to the prime minister. This, to me, seems like it could be catastrophic for America. It brings me no... I just want to ponder this before we go into the break. You're in a war zone where rockets are landing in places they're not supposed to land, a hospital. We'll, we'll cover that in the second half as well. There is a possibility, if you go as president, that there's no amount of security that can keep you safe. And so, I hate to be the person to say it, but I got to say it. There is a possibility that we could lose the head of our country while going into this area. If things are really as bad, Iran is really ramping up their efforts, Lebanon is looking, Hezbollah is looking, what better time? Why would you announce that you're going to Israel? Could this be an October surprise of all October surprises? I think you get what I'm throwing down, and I'm not liking it. I'm not liking it at all. It's wrong. <sighs> so anyway, second half of the show, we're going to get into it. Everybody, make sure you're supporting. Going over to americaoutloud.store. Visit the sponsors. That helps keep the America Out Loud lights on and bringing you all the great content to you throughout the course of every week and throughout the weekends. As well as you can help support my show, buymeacoffee.com backslash boldamerica. Buy me one cup of coffee, two cups of coffee, or as many as you'd like. I appreciate your donations. Help support me and the show. You also can find me over on Rumble Now at America Emboldened, where I'm putting up live content throughout the week. And appreciate your support and subscription over to that platform as well as I continue to support America Out Loud even when I'm on the Rumble channel uh, trying to bring awareness to the great people like Dr. Peter McCullough who's still fighting the good fight attorney Tom Renz, Paul Engel, Malcolm Out Loud uh, and Nurses Out Loud and so many other great shows. All right, everybody, we'll be right back. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden here on the America Out Loud Network. AmericaOutloud.news is beaten to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, troubled, misled, joyful, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus-hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. 
For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Welcome back, Bold Americans, second half of the show. Well, it looks like here on this lovely Wednesday, Joe Biden has headed onto a plane and is en route to Israel. Uh, According to uh, Antony Blinken, uh, he has uh, agreed to develop a plan that will enable humanitarian aid from donor nations and multinational organizations to reach civilians in Gaza. And so Joe Biden is going to get into Israel for a visit to deliver a message of support for Israel after Hamas's terror rampage in Southern Israel. Now he apparently also was going to visit with Jordan, Egypt and other uh, places along the way, but that was stopped because there were about 500 people killed yesterday when an airstrike hit a hospital compound in the center of Gaza city, killing 500 people in the hospital. Now, Israeli officials have denied that they targeted the hospital. They say that they believe that the blast was caused by a rocket from Hamas or Islamic Jihad that fell short and struck the site. There is uh, no way for me to be able to distinctively tell you one way or the other where that came from. And there's a ton of people that are out there right now spreading this information that they know for a fact that there's Israel and look, they targeted a hospital. They're playing games. And there's another side of people going, Oh no, this is Hamas. You know, they, they already stated that this is going to be one of their shells. And uh, it, it went Ari and hit the hospital. I don't think that any of us in the public sphere that have a voice in podcasting or on Twitter or X should be making any statements right now about who is to blame for the hospital. Because if it's Israel, it could open up a global conflict, as I've been stating. If it's Hamas, then we have more power for Israel to continue to justify what they're doing. Either way, it's going to get bloodier as a result. But Joe Biden, he's going over there to meet. What happened to Zoom calls? Can't we get a Zoom call? with Israel between Joe Biden and the prime minister. I mean, it's, it's almost to me playing with fire, playing with danger. Look, I may disagree with Joe Biden, but I don't want anything to happen to any of our presidents that are serving. They are our presidents. And if you would ever wish that on somebody, uh, you are not an American. All right. But this to me, I hope they have every single safeguard from A the Z and Z the A backwards and forwards to make sure that his visit is going to be uh, safe, secure, and they meet at a spot that is uh, (laughs) no risk whatsoever, which I, I find will be difficult. I will say, I give Joe Biden a lot of credit. That is a ballsy move to make amidst the violence of what's going on and the uh, overall rhetoric against the United States from Iran at this point in time. 
is a very gutsy thing and reminds me of the trips that Donald Trump would make. Donald Trump did this as well. So my hat is off to Joe Biden for making the trip and going there. I just think this is a trip that you did not need to make. I would have been just as happy hearing that there was a Zoom call and that they uh, you know, went forward with that. Now, Israel has asked the United States for $10 billion. They asked us for $10 billion in emergency military aid. That is coming from a source that was communicating directly with CBS News. Uh, Joe Biden apparently was considering a full-year supplement request of $100 billion to cover the defense assistance for Israel and the Ukraine as well for border security funding and aid to countries in the Indo-Pacific, including Taiwan. So this would go pretty well with uh, what we're seeing right now with the Ukraine being kind of equitable in what we would give over to Israel as well. Within this conflict that has now been drawn out and going on for almost uh, getting into our second week here, I've been telling you guys that the Mideast, it is getting into a, uh, a really bad spot. Biden had to cancel his Jordan visit because the Jordanian government called off a summit with Egyptians and Palestinian leaders. So he was expecting to go visit Israel. And he was also supposed to meet Arab leaders following the visit to Israel to try to make sure that the messages were clear. Did Jordan cancel this summit knowing that Joe Biden was coming and go, you know what? We're not going to, we're not going to acknowledge whatever Joe Biden wants to say to us. I think that might be the case because they even said there's no use in talking now about anything except an immediate stopping of the war. So if it's not going to be about stopping the war, if this is going to be, well, I spoke with Israel, this is what they want, then they have no interest in meeting with our president. I think that is also uh, an interesting thing. The ground invasion that Israel had said was going to happen that I talked about on Monday as well. Um, it still hasn't happened. Despite the fact there were 360,000 reservists called up and they're now apparently encircling Gaza with tanks, armored vehicles. They got artillery there, but it just appears to be on hold there. No one knows why. Are they waiting for Joe Biden to get there? Are they waiting for our aircraft carriers to get there? Will it be a unified front? And when will, if this is the case, Joe Biden go to our Congress? Will he fly back after this meeting and immediately go in front of Congress and say, you know, we need to support this war? Will we, in some way, shape, or form, get into this? Because Iran has now vowed, they vowed on, I think it was Tuesday, that they were going to take preemptive action against Israel in the coming hours. They said that there would be a shockwave, right? The Revolutionary Guard was going to create a shockwave if they did not end their atrocities in Gaza. They said the resistance front shocks against the Zionist regimes. Israel will continue until this cancerous tumor is eradicated from the world map. Another shockwave is on the way if Israel does not end its atrocities in Gaza. What does Iran have planned? Hmm? What are they thinking of doing right now in this uh, conflict? Again, we're sending our president there. 
Seems a little bit risque to me to be doing this. And I told you that Putin had gone in and met. And then after he left there, guess where he went? To his good, good friend, President Z. President Z Jinping. Uh, they talked immediately after on Tuesday about the Israeli, the Ukraine war, and the Palestine conflict that's going on. Apparently, uh, he also talked about the BRICS projects. Uh, we talked about uh, what they would like to see in the future with the global economy. And uh, they are criticizing the Western approach to Russia's war against the Ukraine. And so uh, Putin said that it causes satisfaction that we have managed to preserve and develop relations with many European countries, including Hungary. Hungary never wanted to confront Russia. Hungary always has been eager to expand contacts, is what Orban told Putin. And so is Russia finding a new ally in Europe as well? So this, I think, is interesting because I, I still believe that it's organized chaos. It's organized chaos between the Ukraine, Russia, now Israel, Hamas. You're going to see that whole area start the burn. And then you'll see China and Taiwan. Now, something great happened yesterday to China. The Arkansas Attorney General ordered a Chinese company to get off the land of China. They have to sell the land that it owns. I've covered on my show before the fact that, yeah, BlackRock and all these other individuals that are these large billionaire corporations buying up land throughout our country. And I've also talked about how Chinese government uh, officials have bought up farmland in the United States. But now this is a power play move that I think every single state should be looking at. Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders, she signed Act 636 earlier this year that banned foreign entities from owning Arkansas agricultural lands. And so Northrop King Seed Company, which is owned by the government-run Chem China, had 160 acres of land, which in the grand scheme of uh, agricultural land, 160 acres is not that much. I mean, it's large, but it's not going to change the world. Uh, but the attorney general said they have two years to get rid of the land. And he also uh, imposed a civil penalty of $280,000 for a failure to file the required documents for this in a timely manner. Uh, news apparently immediately contacted the company and they did not get a response for an interview at this point in time. Now, this Chinese company was originally an American company that eventually went through a series of mergers and a Swiss company eventually making its way out to China. And in 2022, this company, the U.S. Department of Defense, put them on a list of Chinese military companies. That's right. So this agricultural 160 acres is a Chinese military company under the guise of agriculture. What are we doing with a military company of agriculture allowed to purchase our land in the United States? Does anyone else see a problem with that? And my guess is if it happened in Arkansas, this is not a lone wolf case. There are other areas where Chinese companies are owning land in the United States. Have you ever thought about where they may be? 
Chinese companies owning land in the USA. Well, I promise you, you probably don't have to go too far in order to find more because China ends up owning 380,000 acres of land in the United States. That's right. In 2021, there was a Chinese company that happened to buy land near an Air Force base in Grand Forks, North Dakota. Lawmakers back then thought that China might be using this as some type of strategic move. Well, guess what? If these companies are part of the military infrastructure and they're buying farmland near an Air Force base, yeah, maybe you should pay attention to that United States government. Maybe there needs to be a law that foreign governments are unable to purchase any land in the United States. I mean, apparently we just open our borders anyway. I mean, it's flooding through the South. Although uh, we can continue to look at some of this numbers, over the last four decades, Chinese companies and investors have bought up land in the U.S. as well as purchased major food companies like Smithfield Foods which is the largest pork processor. A lot of people get their bacon through Smithfield Foods. And corporations now own the majority of that land. And so there's legislation in Congress that could restrict Chinese ownership of United States land. Thank you. We're moving on this faster than we're moving on the border. Despite the fact that that is a huge area that people can come in and cause us harm. People say, I don't know the, who said this? Uh, Senator John Tester, a Democrat from Montana said, I don't know that we know for sure all the foreign land that potentially is owned by Chinese individuals or folks controlled by the Chinese government. He, he was interviewed and spoke with uh, NPR about that story. So there's these fears right now. If you think about the balloons that went overhead, wasn't that the North Dakota? Wasn't that the Montana area? What is in the seeds? What could be done to our crops as it crossed pollinates? Could this be part of an attack eventually? If 383,934 acres are owned, which is basically about the size of the state of Rhode Island, all right, what is the end goal for it? Why do they want this land? Well, it's probably because it's easier to farm here than it is in the Chinese environment, the Chinese land. All right. So there's companies right now that are controlled by the China, Chinese Communist Party. And if they're going to be attacking Taiwan, yeah, let's let's say, you know what? No more land. You sell your land. It's got to be made in America, owned by Americans. If you think that's xenophobic, tough patui, I don't care. Because our security should be at the forefront. If we're willing at the beginning of the show to give up a little bit of our constitutional freedoms in order to have security, why wouldn't you want to also shore up your land to make sure that foreign actors couldn't do you wrong? Couldn't all of a sudden one day uh, do a backdoor deal where you're like, oh my God, we never saw that coming. All right, now I want to get to a final story for today. Now, this one is a good news story. It's something that I had brought up on my show a long time ago. I uh, had a guest on my show, Dr. Javier, who was doing research on sound wave therapy. And it looks like, and I, it's not the same company, by the way, it's not Javier's company, but there's a company uh, from Minneapolis called His Histosonics. And they have a new treatment that the FDA has just approved. They're going to use sound waves to disintegrate tumors. 
It's a painless alternative to radiation and chemotherapy. Now, when I had Dr. Javier on, he was talking about how it's brilliant because it is only breaking down the tumors and it's not hurting all the healthy cells. Unlike chemotherapy that goes through the body as a poison, right? This is something that can be directed directly to a tumor, like an ultrasound machine. And then the cells inside the tumor get these bubbles inside it and they shake and then they explode. And so as they expand, they collapse and it breaks apart, destroying the tumor cells and the debris can then be eliminated by the immune system and it's rendered harmless. It's not going to all of a sudden start uh, replicating itself and go to a new stage. So the histotripsy is what it's called. It has a robotic arm and they're going to place that over top of the site, just like a traditional ultrasound device would go. Doctors will then find the target tumor using this ultrasound type of device. They'll use sound waves to cause this to shake the tumors, and then it will rapidly expand and collapse, bubble apart, and the mass will break apart. And guess what? It cost $12,500 per procedure. The procedure needs to be performed under general anesthesia uh, because I guess you could have some other complications. I don't know. Maybe I guess just really painful, I guess, when you're going through it as this uh, sound wave is causing parts of the body to break up. So I guess that makes sense. You would need general anesthesia. That's probably the majority of the cost. But that in comparison to chemotherapy, this looks like it could be great. In the first study that they did, 75% of liver tumor volume was destroyed by this machine. And the rat's immune system that they were using cleared away the rest. And then no tumors recurred or spread in more than 80% of these animals, 8 out of 10. And it only takes as little as 7 minutes in order to do this. There is a small risk to some blood vessels that are nearby. Uh, so the liver cancer and bile ducts could be damaged by the heat of the sound waves. So they're now doing the uh, approved for human trials. I'm all for any breakthroughs for cancer because cancer sucks. Uh, and so anything we can do to help people with their treatment, make the world a better place. I am all for in eradicating all that. All right. We've come to the final part of the show here where I say goodbye to you because we're hitting the 40-minute mark here. That's uh, 40 minutes of broadcasting excellence, as my good friend Chris Michaels would say. He'll be back on the show on Friday with me to wrap up the week here on the America Out Loud Network, as well as you can check out more content on the social media networks at Real Greg Bolden. Find me on Twitter.com or X.com, whatever the cool kids and kittens are calling it right now. And you can also check out that Rumble page I was telling you about, America Emboldened uh, and AmericaEmboldened.com. In the meantime, make sure you go over to AmericaOutloud.news and check out all the other work from the very talented individuals here on this network. I'll see you all on Friday. Thanks for your support. Thanks for listening. Hope I honored your time well. You've all been listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden here on the America Out Loud Network. Be bold, America. Uh-huh.